Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. You know, in today's age, you can't just have boring photos on your property marketing listings. You've got to have a virtual walkthrough tour. That way tenants can quickly qualify themselves and look through the property even at two in the morning online. But I can hear you say, look, Darren, it's too expensive with cameras and takes too long. That's why you've got to go to virtualtourscreator.com.au and check out how you can do walkthrough virtual tours using your mobile phone. Go and check it out. Also, talk to Tom there at virtualtourscreator.com.au on how you can quickly turn your tours into really cheap floor plans as well. Take care. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here from the PM Power Podcast Show, and we have an awesome guest back again, Joe Iama. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank I you, think Darren. Good to be here. And uh, I, I know we've covered some really good stuff before. If I remember rightly, I think that was to do with dealing with difficult clients. Was that right? We've done, yeah, we've done a few, yeah, sort of. Um, dealing with yeah, abuse? Uh, I think I've come across most situations in my time in property management so yeah no it's good so so joe you've um you've been in property management now what 30 years oh yeah i think we're up to about 34 years this year 30 yeah 34 years this year so so joe, so joe is a department manager with doyle spillane real estate based on the northern beaches in sydney and joe is uh, has certainly been in our circles for a very very long time joe runs an outstanding office a great culture and very strong communication skills that not only does Joe have, but also what he teaches to his team. And that's why I wanted to bring Joe on board today with our podcast that we're going to talk about the 10 biggest communication complaints that property owners have about property managers. So look, there's no secret. The biggest complaint globally that property owners have to have about their property managers is a lack of communication. Joe, uh, I think there's no surprises. The biggest complaint that tenants have about property managers is actually about repairs Uh, but of course for owners it's communication so we're going to pull apart um, the uh, the 10 biggest ones that we see Um, and uh, the first one straight off the bat is um, when a property owner is looking for a new property manager so he's making new business inquiry and he's calling officers, the person to speak to, whether it's the BDM or the property manager, isn't available. Um, a message is taken and nobody gets back to them. And I have to state is that at this point, when owner starts to call three or four property managers, they, they think that they all do the same thing and it, therefore it's going to come down to fees. And just the sake of not getting phone calls back is already showing to that property owner that not all property managers are the same. Now, Joe, for you, you work with a lot of competitors in your area and you're a quality agent and you're the, the BDM for new business. Yeah. Um, you, you, no doubt you don't make this state mis- mistake. You get back to people really quickly. But what are you hearing when you're speaking to prospects about what your competitors do? 
Yeah, definitely. When, you know, a lot of the time when we go into a presentation um, and I always ask a question, you know, are you speaking to other agents and, and what have been your impressions of the agents that you've spoken to? And um, nine times out of 10, I will get, well, look, we did do a ring around and funny enough, you know, you're the only agent that called me back or, um, you know, I, I rang a number and only a couple of them have called me back or I'm waiting to hear back or so that's what I hear most commonly out there. Um, I, I think I, I have I sort of sat the other day in something that I was reading that, um, you know, if you can get your response time down to a couple of minutes, um, going back to a property owner that is inquiring on your business, the, the chances of you getting that business increases dramatically. So um, I think, you know, someone was telling me, you know, my response was like six minutes and that was too slow. So that, that gives you an example of, you know, what the, what is happening in people's mindset when they're getting, not getting a call back sort of thing. Yeah. Agreed. The response time is really, really important, especially when you're up against other agents. Getting back as soon as you can within minutes is going to put you in pole position, probably 90 to 80 percent biggest chance now you're going to get that business simply because you show the best interest. Yeah, definitely. And I used to be and I used to be different. Um, I used to think, you know, owners don't want, you know, the agent that's always available. You know, they you know, if you're not getting back to them and you're busy, but the mindset of, of you know, um, customers in, in 2022 is that, no, they, they want to hear back straight away. You know, they don't care that you're busy, that it, they just, whoever gets back to them the quickest, will, like you said, those percentages uh, will be quite high as far as getting the business, yeah. Now, Joe, you've had a secret shopper report done on your marketplace. Um, you know, what did you find about the response that your competitors were doing when it came to new business? Yeah, no, look, I was, I was quite surprised that, um, you know, agents don't put a, a massive emphasis on new business and, and getting back to clients, um, but even just responding, like, especially, you know, I always say to a landlord, you know, you know, imagine you're getting that sort of response and you're a customer who's looking in, in purchasing someone's service. Um, flip that around and, and imagine that's your tenant who's waiting for a phone call um, on a repair or on a, on a question from their property manager. Like if you're the owner and you're not getting a response, your tenant's got no hope. And, and that's just setting you up for failure with a tenant because the tenant, you know, is going to get upset when they don't get a response back. And then I hear it all the time. Um, you know, tenant gave notice and the owner goes, oh, the tenant's moved out. And we said, oh, why did they move out? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The agent didn't know, you know, because nine times out of 10, the agent won't ask because if you did ask the question, you'd find out that the tenant wasn't happy with the service that were being provided. So instead of complaining, not everyone wants to complain. Like I know people think, oh, tenants just want to complain. A lot of tenants don't want to complain. The last thing they want to do is complain about something. But, you know, if they're not happy and, you know, they'll just move on and then go somewhere else. And the owner misses out on a good tenant only because the agent wasn't responsive to to the tenant's needs. So, you know, I always, you know, reinforce that when I'm meeting with a, a prospective owner here. All right, well, let, let's just move on with that because the second biggest complaint we see out there is when the property is vacant is keeping the owner in the dark. Um, and uh, now the property's become vacant, the owner's level of anxiety has gone way up because uh, they're now responsible for their payments of their mortgage or they think that they are. And um, a lack of um, communication at this point 
is really critical. And you will probably lose the management if the owner deems that you haven't been communicating enough. One thing to remember everyone out there is that if the owner feels they're not getting enough communication, particularly when the property is vacant, they automatically assume you're sitting on your hands no matter how much activity you're getting, if you haven't communicated that to the owner, they think you're doing nothing. So Joe, what do you feel uh, is adequate communication to the owner when the property's vacant? And this one's a really easy one, you know, from having a procedure in place. And, and look, I always, especially with my team, I always emphasize, you know, when we do something, and you don't let anyone know about it, then it's like you're doing nothing like you just said. But even if it's a showing and you turn up and no one comes, you've got to let the owner know. So don't do the work and then don't do anything about it. If you get an application that um, you're processing is a bad application, let the owner know. So the owner knows that something is happening. Um, but look, when a property is on the market, you know, three to four times a week is a minimum. And, and that's really easy to put in place because, you know, if you show it on a Saturday, you ring them after the open house. On Monday, you'll call them because on Saturday, you probably said, oh, look, we had a few people through with some interest. On Monday, if you've got interest or you don't have interest, you need to call them regardless and let them know what's going to be happening. On Wednesday, you show the property again. You're going to talk to them again after that open house. So there's your three to four touch points in a week. If you can do that, which are pretty easy, and then you're going to speak to them about potential applications and things like that. So the reality is you should be speaking to them five, six, seven times in that week while the property is vacant. Um, so three to four would be an absolute minimum if nothing's happening on the property. But if the, if the owner is getting zero and it goes into the second week, you, you're very quickly getting to a point where the owner is panicked, he's stressed, he thinks you don't care. And therefore, you keeping him in the dark can translate to, well, I'm just going to take my property to the other agent I've just spoken to that's very, very keen to get the business and will get exactly. the property rented really quick. Now, the other thing that people can do is just get your, your phone up when you're at the property, you've done your open inspection and just do a quick video update. Hi, Mr. Smith, Darren Hunter, he'd just been in your property. We met two quality tenants today. I'm really hoping they put in an application, but as soon as they do, I'll be, I'll be letting you know. But look, you'll hear from us anyway. Take care. So a quick video sms text i know a lot of people go oh i don't want to show my face just do it the yeah, owner's yeah. going to love you for it um you know it doesn't have to be two-way conversation it can just be one way with sending them an, an sms text with a follow-up phone call or something um but don't keep people in the dark all righty is it's going to translate to something really bad for you all right number three joe is a lack of routine inspection details so this is where we are doing routine inspections thank goodness you know because when it comes to property condition disputes out there people where an owner may have taken the agent to court the biggest culprit usually with property condition arguments is the routine inspection hasn't been done thoroughly enough or it hasn't been done regularly enough or simply hasn't been done at all. But in this case where a routine inspection has been done, there's simply not enough detail. There's a lot of white space, lack of comments or simply vague comments, um, you know, neat and clean or it could just be N and C um, or it simply could be a carbon copy 
template of the last inspection, which was a carbon copy template of the last inspection and so forth. So Joe, you know, with your agency there, how do you, uh, how do you deal with that? How do you overcome that? What do you train your staff with, with the detail that's got to be on these reports? Yeah, definitely. And, and you look, you know, um, again, like I said, you've done the work, you go to the property, the worst thing you can do is just put good, clean and tidy and walk away. So you've actually gone out there, you've taken the time to go out and then you present a report like that. It's almost like you weren't there at all sort of thing. So look, um, and, and look, it is, it, I think, you know, again, a lot, I speak to a lot of agents or I speak to a lot of owners and owners think that, oh, you only do inspections, um, you know, to check on the tenants. Look, that, that's part of it, but it's probably the, the, the minor part of that, that actual routine inspection because, Again, you need to be looking at repairs and maintenance. You know, that's what we're doing for, you know, I, I tell landlords, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at, is there something that needs to be maintained right now, repairs that are due right now? Other repairs that you're gonna to need to do it in your tenancy. You know, that's, that's what landlords wanna know. Um, if you go every three months, six months, and then they get a report, nothing, nothing needs to be done, everything's great. And then the tenant moves out and they've got to paint carpet uh, and do stuff the owner is not going to be happy because you haven't set them up for that. So again, um, and, and for my team, I'll always, um, I'll always um, mix it up a little bit. So, you know, there'll be uh, any given month, I'll, I'll throw something at them that we need to concentrate on. Um, so, you know, for any given month, it might be, um, let's look at how we can improve your property. And let's put a comment there about, you know, what would make your property more presentable next time it gets rented. Um, or, you know, we pick on an, an item that we think should be sort of all owners should be looking at, whether it be smoke alarms, um, whether it be blind cords, whatever it may be. So us as agents, we always mix it up. So our owners are always going to get um, a different report every single time we go through with different information on it. I also the way we structure our property management department um, is that I always have a different person looking at the property every single inspection, um, as opposed to the same person going back there every time, because the same person goes back there, sees the same things, reports on the same things. So I will change it up. And, and if we can't do it, at least once a year, someone different looks at that property and has a different set of eyes looking at it as well, because you're, you'll be amazed at the difference um, in reports sometimes with, with different eyes looking at something. So, you know, that, that's what we do here. But yeah, like, again, just, you know, come from a place where you're trying to help people. Oh, look, we think your property would, it would, be, it would be received really well to the rental market when your tenant moves out if you did a coat of paint or you change the blinds or, you know, bathroom and kitchen is a big ticket item. So there's nothing wrong with letting the owner know four to five years out, hey, you're gonna need a kitchen done probably in about four to five years. So, you know, the, the good owners that are, you know, sort of um, interested in their, their properties will say, oh, the agent did say that. So next time you get an opportunity, they'll go, oh, maybe can we get a quote this time? We won't do it this time, but we'll do it next time. So, again, you're setting them up, you know, for, for sort of how, you know, how to improve their property. And you're also setting them up for their cash flow as well over the next five to ten years. Um, and I, I take Strata as a, as a massive um, example of this. Um, and I know it's changed now because the laws, they have to have like a planned maintenance structure for 10 years or whatever. But, you know, th these poor people used to buy into a strata unit and they have really low fees and everyone would be happy. And then they get this fire audit or there's building problems and they're all going to chip in $100,000 each, you know, and the owners go, well, I can't afford that. That's still my property. So, again, we need to learn from that example. It's not as extreme, 
But if, if you keep your owners informed, again, you're going there, you've got to go there anyway, give something back, you know. So that's that's the way we handle it, yeah. Yeah, well done. And just, um, just letting everyone know as well, we do have a whole training session for common mistakes that property managers make at inspections. You'll find that on the, in the IGT exclusive membership under our property management nuts and bolts training. There's over 200 hours of training there with rent roll growth, lead generation, using social media to grow your rent roll, fee maximization, all of those things. So, you know, make sure you check that out. Okay, moving right along. And that, that was some really good coverage there joe well done now quick question for you and this has been quite a an interesting topic online certainly in the igt in a circle you know how long does it take joe to do a routine inspection on average so that's booking time drive time do the inspection do the work generated out of it with the extra the repairs or tasks or follow-up things that you have to do um, and then get the report ready finished to the owner how long does that take yeah, definitely. Look, I would, you know, and um, look, I would say we probably do eight or nine a day and it takes a whole day to do it. You know, if you're, like you said, if you take into account, you know, and I look back, years ago we used to do, you know, we, we used to have a whole week and we'd do a couple each day to break that up. But we found you weren't getting to them, you got busy, you couldn't do it. So now we just, you know, our property managers and leasing consultants do a day where they just concentrate on, on their inspection reports. And you know, yeah, it, it will take an hour at least by the time you go away, come back, write it up, add photos. Yeah. Look, and the work the, and the extra work that's generated out of it. Repairs. Repairs or requests or follow this up or whatever. Um, there's always something. So it's it's always, you know, an interesting discussion because people think it just takes 15 minutes. Oh, doesn't. Yeah. That's just part of it. Yeah. And, so, we've, and we've had to and we've had to look at different things to make it easier on the guys because you know we found it was taking up too much time and they were falling behind. So you know, we, we took the, the lease renewal and the rent increases away out of those inspections because we used to do it all at once, you know. Um, but we found that it was taking too long. So we had to remove that out of that and have a procedure on its own to, to cover lease renewals and rent increases, yeah. All right, well, let, let's move on. So number four is, this is a simple one, and, and it's really where new owners come on board and no one's really inducted them or told them when they're going to get paid. So you get this knee-jerk reaction two or three weeks in where the owner's saying, well, tenants moved in, where's my money? But no one's explained to them the actual procedure. So, Joe, we'll talk on the property owner's handbook coming up, but that's something that's in the handbook there. How do you cover that? You cover that when you sign the management agreement, when you let owners know at when they can expect payment and how that works. Yeah. And, and look, it has become harder because, like you said, just when they sign manage an agency agreement. I think I've had um, this year, you know, I've had probably one managing, one agreement that I've actually signed in person with someone because these days it's all done digitally. So that has become harder um, if you don't have, you know, an induction or an owner's handbook. Um, what I did many years ago is something, you know, again, I used to get feedback saying, oh, the other agent, we don't know when we're getting paid. So all our owners get a calendar um, at, in July that outlines what day they're going to be paid for the next financial year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. You know when you're going to do your end of month and we have a little, it's in a DL card and it goes out to our landlords and they know when they're going to be paid on any given day. 
Um, that, that's a really good idea. I've never heard anyone doing that. So, oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I picked it up at, at something that I went to probably about 10, 15 years ago. But it, this, this um, is why you're good at what you do, Joe. This, <laughs> implement, yeah. But I don't, I don't come up with this stuff, no. Um, but look, I, you know, again, owners, that used to be the biggest complaint. You know, the other agent, we don't know when we're getting paid. You know, like that's massive for landlords. They want to know when they're being paid, especially structuring mortgages and um and stuff like that. But um, the only thing that we have these days, sometimes people say, oh, I know you do it once a month, but can you do it fortnightly? And yeah, we'll do it on the 15th and the end of each month. But that's something that, yeah, I I, I talk to people about when we, um, a, a, a meeting, um, when we're signing the agreement. And it's also a point of difference I use saying, we've asked, you know, when you're going to get paid. You know, Christmas is a beauty because we do it on the 24th of December. You know, so everyone's got their money, everyone can go on holidays, no one has to worry. But doesn't matter what you do, people will just say, Oh, I didn't get money at the end of December. So yeah, you got on the 24th of December. But you know, a calendar I find is 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 perfect. Yeah, well done. That's great. And you've you've identified the issue and you've overcome that. So that's that's really good. Let, let's move on. The next one, number five, is when a tenant does get behind, the owner hasn't been told what the procedure is or what happens when a tenant gets behind, how long it takes, you know, before forms get served, if the tenant doesn't pay, what's the next step going to tribunal, how long that process can typically take, and really what's the full horror story or the full extent of the tenant can go without paying before they're thrown. The owners haven't been explained at all, um, and you might even get a knee-jerk reaction, well, if they're a week behind, go and throw them out now. No one's ever told them the uh, the arrears to legal procedure. So, Joe, what do you do in your situation to to make sure the owners know what the procedure is? Yeah, definitely. And and it used to be a massive problem back in the day because you know we probably didn't want to talk about um, you know a tenant not paying rent or whatever it may be. But these days, again, I, I use it as a point of difference. You know, um, property owners handbook. I just open it. This is our arrears documented arrears process. Um, everyone in our office will follow this, you know, one day, three days, seven days, at 11 days here, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, this is when we will contact you and say, we've got an issue um, and we will keep you updated. It, it may be every time we speak to the tenant after that 10th day, if the money hasn't been um, paid. So, and and then obviously, yeah, in our process, it said 15 days, we serve notice. If they haven't paid, you know, we apply to the tribunal. So again, it's all documented in our property owner's handbook. Um, also a good way for us to show our, you know, smarts. And, and that's when you recommend landlord insurance as well. So, um, but yeah, like um, it's all documented in our owner's handbook. Um, but from day 11 onwards, like I, I don't think you need to be ringing your owner and saying, oh, the tenant's three days behind. Like the, I think most owners don't want to know um, until they have to know. You know what I mean? And again, I always um, say to my team, we don't need permission to do our job. So your job is to follow that rent up and let the owner know when they need to know. So I think at 10 days, you need to start talking to the owner and saying, hey, we've been chasing your tenant for a week and a half. This is what they're saying. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, well done. When, when they need to know, correct. That's, uh, that's really good. Let, and then I don't think they need to know all the time because I think sometimes... You know, if you're going to call them every time they're three days behind, the owner's going to get a bit jack of it, you know, and sort of say, you know what, you know, I don't know, you're harassing me or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think one of the most important points you've said there, Joe, is that right at the start, using the property owner's handbook, and everyone will we'll talk about the handbook coming up, 
But Joe, you said the importance of landlord insurance and that they've got to have quality landlord insurance, not one that they've sourced through their bank, not one that they've sourced through their local supermarket, because when it comes to performance or a claim time, and it could be an unusual claim like a, a methamphetamine laboratory or something like that, you know, uh, where that, that policy is not going to perform. And so the owners need to know that they need quality landlord insurance. And here is why at the point of induction, not at the point before the fire has occurred, not after the fire has occurred because the damage is already done. So, all right, the next one, um, Joe, is a very common one, probably the biggest one out of the 10 is just simply emails and calls not being returned. This is um, a real bane and, and uh, there's nothing that insults and offends an owner more is their urgent inquiry, which is urgent or insistent or important to them, has been in their mind ignored because something someone hasn't got back um, and, and hasn't returned an email, hasn't returned a phone call. So, Joe, you are running a quality agency, but even still, no doubt, you get these uh, issues from time to time that you have to deal with. What, what are perhaps some of the things that you've put in place with your team to make sure that this is not an issue? Yeah. I think, it, you, know, it, and, you know, it does become, I think, a, a cultural thing as well. Um, I think the most important thing is that to make sure that your property managers aren't overloaded, um, you know, that they, they get help in their roles and, and that they've got time to sort of respond to, to um, you know, emails and, and phone calls. Um, you know, I think having them work to a weekly planner is always good or even a daily planner where, you know, they block out time to return calls and phone, um, to return calls and, and emails. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, I think my team knows my expectations um, and, you know, and I, I do feel for my team sometimes because, um, you know, if an owner doesn't get a return call in half an hour, the owner would generally call me, um, which is all cool, you know, like I, I don't mind that. I'd rather just be speaking to them. And, and nine times out of ten, I'm just reinforcing that, yes, um, Chris is out of the office doing routines today. She'll call you as soon as she gets back. So, um, but again, you know, I like to think that, you know, they know that when they call in. So whether it be, you know, an out of office on their phone or email, I think that that works as well. Um, but, you know, yeah, my, my team knows that and, and I reinforce, even if it's um, an email to say, look, I'm, I've been under the pump today, whatever it may be, I've, I've got your email and I'll return, I'll come back to you in the morning. You know, I just, like you just said, people just want to know that someone is there and someone um, has seen their email. Because if they don't hear, they just assume, oh, yep, yeah, you know, they're, they're out lunching or something and then they're not returning, you know. And or, sometimes or they, I get it myself. They don't care. You know, oh, they, I get it myself. Sometimes they're like, I haven't returned a call. And one owner particularly does it to me all the time. He goes, oh, where are you having coffee somewhere, eh? I was like, yeah, I wish, you know. Like, you know, they just assume that I'm having coffee all the time. It's like, what? You know, it was only five minutes ago that you called, you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the, the so. So, yeah, the, the expectation. That's cool. So the expectation is really important on how to manage that, everyone. And I in the IGT Inner Circle, our Facebook group, I hope you're part of that. If not, just go to the IGT Inner Circle uh, on Facebook. Our Facebook group, there's three questions to answer um, and come on in. Um, now, I put a template. Um, and this is for people where when owners send an email through, 
a lot of them have the automatic expectation that you're sitting there at your keyboard with a cup of coffee. And so um, this is an automatic expectation. And you need, you, you might be out on the road, you've got inspection, doing routine inspections all day. And I did put on there as a suggestion, some people, you know, didn't exactly agree with me because they think that I'm being disrespectful now, but it have to weigh it up. The owners with the wrong expectation that you're easily available, you know, as opposed to getting this order responder that just says words along the lines of the job of property management keeps me busy and I'm not able to return emails uh, as, as quickly as we would like. Um, however, please, it, it will be able to get back to you within 24 hours or it could put 48 hours. But if it's an emergency, please call this phone number. And, um, and I found that very useful for the people that I've taught, very useful because it gives instant expectations right expectations at the point that someone sends an email through instead of they get zero expectation which yeah. means their expectation now reigns that they could have an incorrect expectation so it's simply adjusting an unreal wrong or indifferent expectation and and, and i think that's the thing like you know you, you will get to know your your clientele <laughs> um and and people will know you you know for your response times, you know, like it, you know, some people will know that I generally respond pretty quickly. And then if I don't, then there's, you know, they, they understand, but I, I get it. it. Everyone's different. Like, you know, if I was a property manager and was out and about all the time, um, yeah, people may not realize that, you know, with my clientele that it, it's, it's probably a little bit more, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more intimate. So they understand that Joe's always going to call me back when he gets a chance but it is you, you need to have something i think otherwise you're right people just don't they just you know and you know because people sometimes ring back you know three or four times within an hour and you think why are they calling me so many times you know because they just think that you're not answering the phone for i don't know for whatever reason so yeah no it is important definitely to have something like that all right well number seven is not aware of repairs now you've already touched on this joe but this is where um, a lack of communication around things that should be getting done at the home or things that tenants have reported or things are observed or things just wear and tear and all those sort of things, you know, that not being told to the owners. So now good property managers on board and they do list all these things. And now the owner's faced with a wall of requests, which can upset them because they haven't got the money for it or weren't expecting it. And so you've got this build shop thing going on as well. So, you know, Joe, what, what are some of your tips and advice around that? Look, I think, you know, when when I think about that question and I think, you know, why does it happen? You know, like as a property manager, you don't not want to report stuff, um, but why does it happen? And I think that we take too much on board. Um, you know, the property manager gets a, a repair request from the tenant and thinks, oh, no, the landlord's going to be so upset. But you know what? You know, the landlord may be upset. But if it's something that they have to do, it has to be done. So, you know, I think that this is where it, it falls down a little bit is that property managers, I think, you know, they sometimes they're too busy and you forget or they don't have a process in place. And I think with the amount of technology that we have these days, um, you know, getting a phone call on the run shouldn't really happen that often about a repair. There should be a process whether they, you know, have a portal to log it, send photos and whatnot. So I think a lot of that gets should be getting sort of um, cleaned up now, as opposed to, you know, years ago when I used to do it, they'd call you, um, you're in the middle of something, I've got a burst up water system, you, you hang up, go back to your appointment, 
And then I think about it at 10 o'clock at night when I was asleep, you know, that that used to create a lot of issues for me personally. Um, so you know, in this day and age, it shouldn't happen because they should be directed to portals. And again, it comes back to educating your tenants and your landlords about, you know, login repairs or maintenance, whatever for a portal. And that comes with inductions and comes with owner handbooks and tenant handbooks. Um, but as a, as a property manager, you can't be concerned about how the owner's going to react to a repair request because, you know, most owners will want to do the right thing and get it fixed and make sure their tenants aren't inconvenienced. And the ones that don't, you just need to educate them that it needs to be done and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, like, I think, you know, that's where it comes from. I think property managers take too much on board that we shouldn't, you know, we're not receiving the rent at the end of the day. Um, we're just doing our job and your job is to look after the tenant and, and look after the owner. And how we look after the, the tenant is by making sure that we're attentive to their needs. How you look after the owner is making sure that their tenant's happy and paying the rent. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I get it. I've been there, I've done it, you know, 35 years. I know what it's like to ring a tenant or an owner. Yesterday you had a burst hot water system and tomorrow you've got something else. I know how the owner feels when they get that call. But, you know, you have no option. And the minute you don't do it and something happens, well, then you, you risk being sued or, or the owner having an issue as well. So, um, yeah, I think we've just got to harden up and, and just deliver that message. And look, and, and if there's a tenant that is reporting stuff, um, that happens as well that, you know, oh, and that, that creates problems for property managers as well, where they're getting a report on the phone and they're just passing it on to the landlord. And then they don't, they're not looking and saying, oh, okay, well, the plumber was there a month ago. Um, you know, but if you ring the owner and you say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, um, I had, I had a, a report um, of a, a leaking tap, but I've checked our file and the plumber was there two weeks ago. I'm going to ask him to go back and he should be covered under his warranty. The owner's going to go, oh, great, thanks, Joe. You know, you're on top of, as opposed to the property manager, I've got a leaking tap. Which tap was it? I don't know. Oh, there was a plumber there last week. Oh, was there? Like, that's what landlords expect. I think you, you can overcome a lot of the issues that we have as property managers by knowing about the property, about the repair. And again, if, if you're getting a photo, and if you're not sure about something, I always say to my team, go and have a look. Now, I know that annoys them, but you know what? If you don't report proper to the owner, it's going to create more problems for you. So go and have a look at the repair. Know exactly what you're talking about. And if you say to the owner, look, I've tried to do this, but it hasn't resolved it, the owner's going to appreciate that and you have less of a, of a, a stumbling block when you're trying to get it organised. And the other thing, sorry to go on, but if you can ring an owner and say, hey, I've got to get this tap fixed, approximately it's going to cost you $150, the owner will say, yeah, no worries, Joe, go ahead with it. If you ring the owner and you say, I've got to get this tap fixed, then he goes, how much will it cost? I don't know. You're going to have a problem. So, and, and I know property managers are, well, we don't know how much it's going to cost. How many leaking taps have you had fixed in your, in your time? You know what it's going to cost you. And if you don't know, these days I send a, a, a picture to my plumber and say, what's this going to cost? Oh, it could be about this much, could be this much, okay? Unless the owner knows. Like, I think, you know, again, we can overcome these issues that we have with landlords um, if we are engaged and, and we are really into trying to help them and resolve their issues. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I think it's, it is important that we've got to know 
80% of the typical maintenance issues that we deal with that are predictable. And you are, you know, we are dealing with stuff over and over and over again, that regular stuff, you should know approximate pricing. So, uh, and, and the and other thing is, and the other thing that you should know is when a tenant rings you with a problem, um, you should go through the troubleshooting exercise with them. Because if you can go to your landlord and say, hey, they've got no power, but we've asked them to take everything out, switch the RCD back on, it still hasn't resolved the issue. The owner knows you've done that work. And this is what I go back to initially saying, you've done the work, let the owner know what you've done. Now let the owner know that you've covered off on these points with the tenant. And we've advised the tenant that if it's an issue to do with them, they'll be responsible for the payment. Your landlord goes, I love you, Joe. Go do it. Do whatever you have to do, you know. So again, they're little things. Again, you learn from experience and and don't get me wrong, I've been through every sort of situation and been screamed at and whatnot, but this is what I've learned over the years. They're the little things that you can do to, to make your job easier as a property manager. All right, let's move on. Number eight is not told the full extent of a problem. And um, so um, we've got about five minutes left, Joe, but with um, not being told, so sugarcoating a problem, you know, how direct should we be? Well, I think, you know, I always say to my, again, my team, you got to deliver sugar and you got to deliver spice. So, you know, <laughs> you know as, a, as, a, as a property manager, you don't use a sledgehammer, you know, but you need to deliver the message, yeah. So I, I think you've got to know, you've got to pick your mark. Sometimes an owner doesn't need to know everything. They need, you, like we said before, they just need to know what they need to know and when they need to know it. But you don't have to add to it. I think, again, property managers go into too much detail and, and they'll say, oh, the tenant said this. And then the owner goes, the tenant said that? Really about my property? You know, why would they say that? Sometimes you don't need to tell the owner that the, the tenant thinks the property's no good or whatever it may be. So, but you do need to, the important stuff, they need to know. You know, they need to yeah. know if they're going to spend money. They need to know if the tenant's not going to pay rent or they're not going to get rent at the end of the month. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's move on. Number nine is people just generally having wrong or indifferent expectations. It's that, why wasn't I told about this? I do find, Joe, I think when we can get to the root cause, probably 90% of the conflict that we deal with is something to do with the other person had wrong or indifferent expectations. And you've got the property owner's handbook. Because give us a quick show of that. But you've been using it for many, many years. I know, I think we supplied you the base tech text going back in a previous life that you've, you've now updated four times. Um, but what are some of the usefulness that you use with the property owner's handbook? Um, there it is, the property owner's handbook. How do you use that as an induction tool and an education tool with property owners at the start of the relationship? What are some quick tips? Yeah, definitely a big point of difference for us. us. Um, and again, you just like, there's, there's a lot of content. It's a 40 page booklet. Um, and I'd like to say it's, you know, um, you know, a lot of, you know, my experience over the years, situations that I've been through, knowing what owners need to know. But I will touch on things that, um, especially when you're doing a presentation and, and they're, they're telling you that they've had issues with the other agent, this is how we overcome it. You know, oh, you didn't know about repairs. Oh, this is our repairs and maintenance. This is what we do. Oh, you didn't get your money. Oh, this is what we do, you know. So, like, you can overcome every single objection and, and show your point of difference by having that owner's handbook there. And, and look, as I said, I, um, I've used it for many years and I like to think that it, it has been sort of um, a, a reason that we, you know, have got some of the business that we have over the years. Um, but yeah, look, and, and that will also, 
you know, start to weed out maybe sometimes people that you don't want to be working with, you know, people that, you know, I'll go to repairs and maintenance, or I might go to the section where it, it talks about um, disclosure or, and they might say, well, I don't want the tenants to know this. Well, unfortunately, it's law that we need to disclose this X, Y, Z. And they said, well, I don't really want them to know. I said, well, maybe we're not the agent for you. you know, or it could be, Joe, it could be fair wear and tear that you show them and they do head spins over the issue, right? Well, it was a, a couple of weeks ago I went to see a lady and she said, I said, oh, this is dangerous. It's going to be, need to be attended to. And she said, I'm not fixing it. Um, it's just tenant. It's only been attended. I said, um, yeah, but unfortunately that's going to create an issue if someone hurts themselves. Um, and, and she didn't want it. And at the end I just said, oh, look, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't think we're the right agents for you sort of thing. So you, you can use it to weed people out as well if you think that's required. You know, don't get me wrong, I don't go through every part of the book, but if I come in and, and I'm saying, oh, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. I go, okay, well, let's let's open our book up and, and this is what the legislation says, you know. So, um, you know, I, for me, I believe it's a point of difference and I sort of almost use it like a, a, a tool in my presentations to, to highlight certain parts and sort of, complement what we do and and again it's not, i don't have to make it up on the run i'm not just talking about it it's there in writing you know this is what we're going to do oh this is our res procedure you know to turn over to i'm not making it up on the run it's documented you will get this and you will know you know as well we've got, you know, and that handbook goes to signed up clients and then you can keep on referring to it as a manual a user manual on how you operate you know during that time just for everyone out there if you're interested more we do have property owners handbook um, and we've also got the tenant's handbook all up. It's taken us around about between the two, probably about 60 hours of writing. Um, base text, so you don't have to go and do that 60 hours yourself. You just simply have to change it to your office procedures, um, amend it to your legislation uh, and, and brand it up, make it yours. Um, and we do have a New Zealand version as well. So go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com. That's inspiredgrowthtraining.com. That's our website. Go to PM Power in the menu. Um, just remember the name of this podcast. And you can see the property owner's handbook and tenant handbook there. They're supplied in a base word document just with the base text. So you can then work your magic on it, make it yours and use it as your education induction tool, but also as a point of difference to show prospective owners in the listing presentation, this is how we operate. If you sign up with us, don't leave it with them. Show them the tenant handbook as well. You'll really impress them because you're going to have confidence to know that your competitors are doing nothing. All righty. Now, last one, Joe, is um, I'm a property owner uh, and uh, I, I'm doing my thing and suddenly my statement comes in and I open it up. But the instant expectation that I have is I'm expecting four weeks rent less expenses. But suddenly... I've seen two weeks rent and I've got 24 hours to scramble to, to top up my mortgage. Otherwise, the, I'm going to get penalised with my bank. What are some things, Joe, there that we can do to overcome that problem? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, again, I, I think, you know, um, is making sure that, you know, your tenants pay on time. And, and if they're aware that there's an issue, they, they, they know early on in the piece as opposed to the day that the rent's coming into their account. Um, you know, these days we've portals you know our software packages have um logins for owners so owner we have an owner portal and owners can log in um funny thing, thing about that is that i don't like doing it um i've found personally um there's a small 
minority of people, the small majority of people that will actually go to that portal, they just expect the property manager to be all over that. So, you know, saying to an, an owner, oh, you can check your portal is not good enough. You know, I, I don't believe it's good enough because um, they'll say to you, well, that's what I've got you for, Joe. But you got to let them know here because that's going to be, and, and again, and it doesn't matter whether there's money coming out for repairs and maintenance, like um, we didn't touch on that, but, you know, any, you know, any repairs, the owner has to be notified, you know, and, and when you get the bill, they need to be notified. This The bill's come in and, and this is the cost that's going to be deducted from your statement. So they can plan for that. Um, you know, in this day and age with people's, you know, customers' expectations, I said to you before, owners get angry when they get too much money because they're not, you know, the, the, their mindset isn't around getting more than the four weeks rent. Um, because the week, and, and sometimes they get more and they don't think twice about it, but the month after when they get two weeks less because they got the month before, they're on the phone blowing up because they didn't get their four weeks rent. So, um, yeah, communication is key with, you know, and you will, again, you will get to know your clients. I know the clients that can't get more than their four weeks rent, you know, because I know that there's going to be issues and, um, and you know, I know that the owners that are going to blow up and they're not getting that. And even, you know, <laughs> Again, it's a simple thing, but just taking that 30 seconds or a couple of minute phone call to explain to owners that, you know, this month there was, you know, you know um, five Fridays in, in the month and that's why you got five weeks instead of, you know, four or it is, you know, I know that we think that that's common sense, but unless I was doing what I do, I probably wouldn't know that there was five now Friday. So don't always assume that people know what goes on because they don't, you know, and that's why they've got property managers. And that and there's your, you know, if there's um an advertisement for property managers, um, is that that you know that tech cannot fix, is that people just don't know. You know, unless they're talking to us, they don't know the the answer to it. And they'll ring us. And I know a lot of property managers get put out by that. Um but it's, I think it's just part of what we do, educating well, our owners. Joe, um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, would you believe I've got to get to a training session? On no, you're right. I'm actually training people on how we to do always love, We always love chatting. <laughs> but that's good. But I do want to do appreciate your time, Joe. You've got a wealth of knowledge. It's so good. And everyone out there, of course, we've got really good communication training for your property managers, how to communicate effectively. You're going to find that all in the IGT exclusive membership um, online portal just go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com go to member section there and then become a member you got all the information there reach out to me personally if you want a demo i'd be happy to show you all the nuts and bolts rent roll growth lead generation absolutely everything but joe thank you so much and um, thanks everyone and we'll see you all next time thanks aaron